Okay, so Sunday we discussed um um soul winning and and today I just wanted to wanted us to do a follow up on well, our discussion on Sunday. Even when people have their desire to um go out there and evangelize to the lost, sometimes one of the one of the things that stop people from going out to evangelize is either oh I don't know what to say or um I'm afraid. I mean, the fear factor has always been one of the reasons why people don't um, go out to evangelize. One of the greatest fear for everyone is the fear of rejection. That if I go, if I approach the person, if we all had 100% confidence that if whoever we approach will, will accept us, then I'm sure evangelism would have been easier for a lot of Christians. But the fear of rejection is one of the reasons why a lot of people don't go out to evangelize. The fear that when I go and when I approach this person, they might not receive me. But Jesus Christ himself was rejected by his own people. I believe that is more painful and more difficult for um, a painful and a difficult kind of rejection for anybody to take. For his own people, the people of Israel knew about Jesus Christ. They were expecting a Messiah. They had read about him. But unfortunately, they could not accept him because of where he was coming from. They rejected him. And so one of the ways to deal with that kind of fear of rejection is to accept the fact that some people are going to reject you. Some people are also going to receive you. It's like selling anything. People, some people will accept you. It's like being a marketing person. I like the way people do their marketing here, how they are able to get your attention and quickly get into a conversation with you when you go into um, shops like Costco or um sam's club when the the guys are selling they, they 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 have a smart way of asking you a first question that will draw your attention and and will, they will find a way to get into conversation with you and then they will sell their product to you even with those people sometimes people don't mind them people don't <laughs> accept them so we should understand that rejection is, is, is people are going to reject you some people are going to accept you once we deal with that issue um, even before we step out, I believe that it, it prepares us for whatever we are going to face out there. And so the fear of rejection is one thing that we all have to deal with. And the fear of not knowing what to say. And so this evening, I'm just going to um, spend um, some, uh, the time to talk about how we can go about um, our um, witnessing or evangelism. So I want us to read from Acts chapter 16. First of all, I want us to read from Acts chapter 16, verse 1 verse one, verse one to 10. Um, then he came to Debbie and Lestra, and behold, certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who believed, and his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Aquinum. Paul wanted to have him on with him. So the Bible is saying that Paul wanted to take Timothy along with him. Um, he took him and circumcised him because of the, the Jews who were in that region. For they all knew his father was Greek. And they went through the cities and delivered to them the decrees to keep, which was determined by the apostles and the elders at Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased 
in number. Now when they had gone through Phlegia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. They had come to Messia. Sorry, after they had come to Messia, they tried to go into Britannia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Messia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul at the night. At, sorry, in the night, a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, "Come over to Macedonia and help us." And so, um, so we are talking about evangelism and how to go about it. So, we know that Paul was one of the people who spoke a lot about circumcision, who spoke a lot against circumcision, and the fact that. It's like um, the walk, Christian walk is, is, is a walk of faith and not circumcision does not profit us anything. But we see here in this scripture that even though Paul spoke a lot about circumcision and, and did not support the fact that people are supposed to be circumcised, when he realized that um, people are supposed to circumcise before they, 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 they can um, have a relationship with God, so he realized that um, Timothy had not been circumcised, and he his, he had a Greek. His father was a Greek, and so Bible says because of the Jewish people, he allowed Timothy be, to be circumcised, just so that it would not be a hindrance to spreading the gospel, so that Timothy's ministry could be accepted by the Jewish people. He allowed him to be circumcised, and so when I read the scripture, one of the things that I read, one of the things that I learned from it is that. As believers, there are things in our lives that are going to, the way we behave in our community, the way we behave among the people that we are spreading the gospel to, or we intend to spread the gospel to, can hinder the message and can prevent people from listening to us. Paul could have chosen to say that circumcision does not profit anything. You people have to understand and insist and push the point that circumcision is unprofitable. But at that point, because he wanted to win the people into the kingdom, because he wanted, he didn't want his um, Timothy's ministry to be hindered. He didn't want um, the people to reject their ministry, and so he allowed Timothy to be circumcised, so that the Jewish people around will accept Timothy's ministry. And so, as we live in a community, first of all, I believe that one of the things that we need to check is ourselves when we are going out to evangelize even people are looking at us in the community if we we don't evangelize only when we pick up the bible to go out and preach but the way we relate with the people we relate with people where we live in in our apartments when somebody needs a helping hand we can go ahead and help that person i have read stories of people evangelizing to people who their first contact with them was to help them with something when they needed help. And so our the way we live our lives, first of all, is one of the means by which we evangelize. People are looking at us. They are looking at how we relate with people, how nice we are to people. Uh, one of the mistakes we usually do is we only, we, when we put on the, or when we are ready to go out to evangelize, that is when, oh, we then we are looking for people to talk to. We don't talk to people on a regular basis on a, on a, on a, when we are going about our normal activity. We are not extremely nice to people 
on a regular basis we only become very nice to those people when okay it is time to evangelize i'm looking for an opportunity to evangelize then huh, then we are becoming nice to those people but it might be one of the reasons why people reject the word because they have seen you in the community for so long you've never said good afternoon to them but one day you just want to evangelize to them so you are trying to be nice the possibility that such a person will reject the message is very high and so if there are things in our lives that needs to be addressed the way we one of the things we have to look out for is the way we relate with other people so that then we have a good message but if we don't add um, a good behavior a good character to the good message people are going to reject it and so we have to be nice to the people in our community we have to be nice to strangers that is one way of witnessing you, that you can easily get access to somebody to witness to when you are nice to them the people when you are nice to people they get interested in who you are and that is that will open a great door for you to um, witness to people so in our community in our workplaces even in, among our family members we have to be very nice to them so that we can have access to witness to them we don't only approach people um, when we want to share the word of god with them but we just in a normal course of our lives because we are conscious of the fact that we are ambassadors of christ because we are conscious of the fact that we have the ministry of reconciliation wherever we go we try to be nice to people we are going to meet a lot of people who are mean and all that, but we just try to be nice with people because of our mission. Because we are mission-minded, we try that we try to be nice to people wherever we go, so that nothing hinders the gospel, so that nothing hinders the message. We saw that Paul took Timothy and circumcised him so that the message will not be hindered. Even though Paul spoke a lot against circumcision, at this point, because he didn't want the message to be hindered. He went ahead to um, circumcise Timothy. And then again, we see here that Paul wanted to go into one city. But the Bible says, verse 6 says that now when they had gone through Phrygia, the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. So Paul wanted to go to Asia to go and preach. And they wanted to go to Britannia to go and preach as well. But the Spirit did not permit them. And so we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. As we step out there to evangelize, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. The mistake a lot of people do is that, oh, they will say, I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit to inspire me. Then I, I will go and witness to a person. No, you just have to obey first of all the instruction that is written in the Bible. That says, go into the world and preach the gospel to everyone. And so I hear a lot of people saying that, oh, I, I, um, I'll I speak the word to somebody when I'm inspired, when I'm, I'm inspired by the Holy Spirit. But then the simple word is to go and preach. The simple word, the commission is to go out there and tell the whole world. That is the instruction you have to obey first. And as you are obeying that instruction, the Holy Spirit will lead you. And so the first step is not to wait. Um, now the Holy Spirit has been poured already. So some people also use the scripture that, oh, Jesus Christ even told the disciples to go and wait in Jerusalem. I've heard it so much in America here that they should go and wait in Jerusalem. And when the power comes upon them, then they can be witnesses. No, the, the Holy Spirit has been given already. The Holy Spirit has been given. And so we are supposed to be witnesses. And so as we step out there, we need to be sensitive to the leadings of the Spirit. Because there are people that the Holy Spirit has prepared to receive the word at that point. 
And when you meet the, those people, there are people that the Holy Spirit has prepared that you have to meet them at that time and share the word with them. In fact, evangelism becomes more fruitful when we tune in into the voice of the Holy Spirit and we allow him to lead us. Sometimes there might be people who are, who are sitting down quietly. You think that, oh, since this person is sitting down alone, he's the best target. And there might be others who are having a conversation. You feel, oh, I don't want to um, interrupt their conversation. But the Holy Spirit might be leading you to go to that place where people are having a conversation. Because he has prepared those people at that point to listen to the word. And he has something to do in the lives of those people. And so in as much as the people in Asia were also supposed to hear the word of God, the Holy Spirit did not allow Paul to go to Asia to go and preach the word. He did not allow Paul to go to Britannia as well to preach the word. But then, as Paul was waiting on the Holy Spirit and waiting for him to direct him, but the Bible says, in the night vision, he saw this as somebody who is in the city of Macedonia, who was saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. I mean, this is the cry of a lot of unbelievers. That if, if believers will only heed to this cry and go out there to help them. If we look at a lot of unbelievers who don't have Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. Whenever you read this scripture and you put the people in, this, in your city. You use the, their name to represent Macedonia. That they are saying, come over and come and help us. The people in our community. They, you can put the, the whatever city or community you are in. The are the people are actually they are they are crying out in the realms of the spirit, and they need help because a lot of them are under the bondage of the devil. A lot of them are under the bondage of sin, and they need somebody to talk to. I remember one time we went to witness to a certain woman. When we got there, the woman didn't even allow us to start preaching. Then. She, when we started talking to her about the, about the word of God, then she started pouring out her heart. She was an old woman and there were a lot of things going on in her family. She started pouring out her heart, saying what the problems that were going on, the problems with her children. And, and she started weeping and started crying. Then, then we, we prayed for her. When we prayed for her and we left, she, she was so happy and thanking us. I see we have done something for her. But she... At that point, she just needed somebody to listen to her. She just needed somebody to talk to. And she didn't have anybody. And we went there to share the gospel with her. We, sp- we shared the message with her. She told us all the problems she was going through with her kids, how they have abandoned her. Every ex- I mean, and then she started crying. And we prayed for her and we strengthened her. And I, I know one of the brothers had been in touch with her for a long time after that incident. And so God used us. So we see that... And whenever you go out to evangelize, the way people accept you. I remember one time there was another guy that we, I, I witnessed to at the mall. And, and he, had, he, he, he had a terrible accident. And at that point, he was angry with God. Doesn't know why God allowed him to have that terrible accident. And so his, his other issue was that there were people in his life who were supposed to be Christians, who don't, don't exhibit Christian traits. And for that matter, he felt Christianity was not important. It was so uh, after sharing the word of God with him, he, he just stood up from the chair and give and gave me a hug and said he really needed to hear this. I mean, these are all stories of the hearts of men, the spirits of men that is crying out for help. And if only believers will step out there and help this belief, um, this unbelievers. So Paul said in a night vision, he saw two men from the city of Macedonia who were saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. 
whenever I read this scripture, I just put this, I just, it, it brings into mind the, the cry of all unbelievers in the city where I live in, in the city where God is taking you to. He says, come over. The people are crying for you to actually come over. You might think that when you get there, the people are not interested in the word of God because they are enjoying their sinful life. But in the realms of the spirit, they are actually saying that come over and come and help us. So unbelievers all over the place, they really need to hear this word. If believers will go out there and preach the word of God to them, there are a lot of unbelievers who are ready to hear. We think that, oh, they will all reject us. No, some will reject us, but some will definitely accept the word. Some actually need to hear the word. And so when Paul had this vision, he perceived that then God wanted him to go to Macedonia to go and preach the word. And so Paul went to Macedonia. So let's let's see this as the heart cry of unbelievers as well. Inasmuch as God wants us to take the word to them, and it appears as if the unbelievers are not ready to listen to the word. The truth of the matter is that there are a lot of them whose heart is actually prepared to listen to the message that we are going to share with them. And so let's see this as the cry of the people in our city. They are saying, come over and come and help us. In Acts chapter 4, verse um, 23, the apostles went out to preach. And the Bible, in that same chapter, the Bible talks about Peter. First of all, it talks about Peter being filled with the Holy Spirit. Then it talks about, um, it talks about Peter again and John being filled with the Holy Spirit and having the boldness to preach the gospel. And after that, Peter, from verse 23, they went again to pray for boldness. And for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And so that is one of the things that we need as well. The fact that Peter and all the other apostles had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 4, the Bible mentions two times that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible bears, bears them witness that they spoke with, the, with boldness and the people marveled because they realized that they were unlearned men. But in verse 23, after they had threatened them, they met again to pray for boldness. So in verse 23 of Acts chapter 4, the Bible says, And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, so, so when they, heard that they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David has said, Why did the nation rage? And the people plot vain things. The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly, against your holy servant Jesus Christ, you are, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined beforehand to be done. Now look, now, sorry, now Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servant that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hands to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through your servant, through the name of your holy servant, Jesus Christ. And when they had prayed, <clears throat> the, the place they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And so one of the things that we need to pray for as we go out for, as we are preparing to go out for evangelism or as we have it in our heart to go for evangelism is the infilling of the Holy Spirit that brings boldness. 
Because the Bible says Peter, they, when Peter was speaking to the people, they realized that he was unlearned. But then they were marveled at the boldness with which, with which Peter spoke. To be able to deal with the fear, either the fear of rejection or even the fear of witnessing, we need to pray for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That will be filled with the Holy Spirit and we will have the boldness to preach. Even though Peter had been filled with the Holy Spirit previously, even though Peter spoke the word of God with boldness, but again, he, they met here together and they assembled together. I mean, this also highlights the fact, the importance of the assembly of the people of God. And the Bible says when they prayed, the place that they were shook. And so we need to pray for the infilling of the Holy Spirit and for boldness. And the Bible says in verse 31 that after they had prayed and the place shook, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And so they went out to speak the word of God with boldness because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we need to pray as well as we get ready to go out to evangelize. We need to um, um, be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can have boldness. So we have spoken about three things right now. The first one is that we need to take out anything that prevents us or prevents people from accepting the gospel. So we need to place ourselves in, in, in a, when we place ourselves in a community or when God places us in a community, we need to relate with the people in a way that does not um, stop the gospel from being um, from having it free course. The second thing is that we need to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us as we step out to evangelize so that our evangelism can be effective. And the third point is that we um, need to pray for the whole infilling of the Holy Spirit and for the boldness to preach. Now, the fourth one is that in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, Verse 1 says that now concerning the things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And so that should be our goal when we go out to evangelize. Always, whenever I read this scripture, when you get, sometimes you get into argument with people. Instead of they listening to you, they also want to show that they, they know a lot about the Bible or they believe something which they think is the right thing. And so when we go and we just demo, um, display the knowledge that we have in the word, it does not benefit. We can win the argument and lose the brother, but that's not the reason why we go. We, we went out there. And so the point that we need to take, we need to take note is that our purpose is to edify. Our purpose is to um, share the love of God with those people. And not to win an argument and not to demonstrate to them that we know um, what we are talking about or we know the Bible. But we just want them to come to an, uh, the understanding and appreciation of the gospel. And to do that, we have to have this at the back of our mind that we are not going to win an argument. It's not an, an issue of arguing. And most of the times when you go out to evangelize, you might get into a lot, a lot of argument. But you need to have one focus in mind. Your focus is not to win the argument, but your focus is to get the message of Christ to that person. The person can win the argument. You shouldn't care about that, but you should be able to achieve, achieve your goal. And so sometimes you should not allow your flesh to step in 
and then you start arguing with the people and then you say they will talk the person you will talk and the person will talk the person will be quoting certain things from all sort of books that a person has read we should just stay focused and we should always remember that love edifies but knowledge puffs up in verse 12 and verse 11 of first corinthians chapter 8 the bible says and because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom christ died we should have this as a guiding principle are we going to use our knowledge to put other people down win an argument and lose the brother are we going to allow the brother to perish just because we are winning an argument or just because we want to demonstrate or prove to them that um, we know what the truth is or we know what the bible says we shouldn't allow a brother to perish because of this knowledge puffs up but love edifies verse 12 says that but when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience you sin against christ and so this is one thing that always comes up you're going to meet people who will be arguing and they appoint they 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 will just argue and argue and argue just they wouldn't they wouldn't even listen to you but sometimes you just allow the holy spirit to take the lead in that conversation and don't allow the flesh to step in um it's not a um a, a contest it's not a debate you are not trying to win an argument the purpose or the reason why you went out there was not to win an argument but to win a soul and so that should be our focus other than that, we can win the argument and will not achieve our objective. So now we will come to the point. When we go out there to evangelize, I believe that one of our focus, personally, one of our, my focus when I go out there to evangelize is to get the person to the point where I'll lead the person in the sinner's prayer or in the prayer of salvation. That is that has always been my focus. I know other people will say, Oh, you sow the seed, oh, you share the word of God. Just allow the person himself to um to go home and to go home and then um be convicted by the word, or to be, allow the person to go home and think about the word that you have shared with the person. I'm sorry. <clears throat> but I, I I usually have this focus that my focus is that I will get, I'll bring the person to the point where I'll lead the person to pray the salvation prayer. That is, I believe that is a good focus to have as you go out to evangelize, that whatever you're sharing with the person, um, you bring the person to that point where the person will acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus Christ. For some of, sometimes it might not be successful. I remember one guy we spent like 45 minutes trying to convince him that he has had he said he has had everything we are saying he knows everything we are saying is true but he's not ready to make any commitment so we asked him why are you not ready to make any commitment he said oh you know whenever he commits to anything he goes all out and so he knows there are certain things in his life that he because of that he cannot make we were trying to convince him that Jesus, you just have to come as you are we said everything we're going to say and the guy said oh he he's not ready to make that commitment so sometimes even though we have this as a focus where we try to lead the person to the point where um the person will have to um acknowledge the lordship of jesus christ or pray the prayer of salvation in some instances it doesn't become successful where the person 
we will try but then that should be your focus as you go out there and so i know people who can go out to witness they will preach a very powerful message preach a very long message and at the end they will not lead the people to pray the the, the prayer of salvation and 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 sometimes I, I feel very uncomfortable in uh, in an in a situation like that where you have preached a good message, you got the person's attention, the person that was listening to you, but you 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 the important step of leading the person to um pray in a salvation prayer, you did not do that. And so as we go out to evangelize, this should be our focus. And personally I just use a simple um guide. I believe that this is just a guide. Um, to witnessing and if you use this guide you can easily witness and of course you need you you don't have to stick to a particular straight jacket uh, message you allow the holy spirit to lead you and to um, whatever the holy spirit gives you to say at that time go ahead and say say whatever um, what the holy spirit is uh, um, leading you to say but i believe that it's important to prepare before you step out so that at least when you you meet somebody you know exactly where you are headed and how you are supposed to pray, um, approach the message till getting the person to the point where the person will pray the salvation prayer. And so the first point that you want to highlight is the fact that we are all sinners. It is actually very good for you to use yourself as the example that I'm a sinner. Or sometimes you want to add the person to it. You use yourself first that I'm a sinner. You're also a sinner. That is good. But if you go like you are a sinner, you have to accept Jesus Christ. You need Jesus in your life because all sinners are going to hell. If you don't take care, at that point, you lose the person. Because people who are living in sin, they know, they, are, they know that they are sinners. They don't need you to come and tell them. They don't need any prophet to come and tell them that they are sinners. They know their lives. They know what is going on in their lives. They know what they are doing. Most of the people know that they are sinners. There are others who also have the mindset that they are good people. And that is why the first point you want to establish is the fact that we are all sinners. And Romans chapter 3 verse, verse 23 tells us that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so the focus, this point is that the focus of this point is not to make the person feel guilty, but the person to acknowledge the need for salvation. And that is the approach in the Bible. That was why the law was introduced. The law was introduced so that we will know the need for salvation. And so, the first point you want to highlight, or probably I think I I missed the first one, I'm sorry. The first point you want to highlight is that God loves the person. I'm sorry, this has to be number one. That God loves the person. You talk about the love of God. And, 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 and how do you get the person's attention? How do you get that person's attention? Like when you meet somebody, I mean, how do you start the conversation? You can, some, there are some people that you can start by greeting them. You can say, hi, how's, how are things going? How's, I mean, how are you doing? And then you can, have you considered having a relationship with Jesus Christ? Or do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Um, I just want to tell you about the love of God. Can I have a short conversation with you? So you just use, try to get a person's attention, approach the person, let the person know you are going to talk about the Bible. It's not like, oh, we are, I'm going to trick the person and by the time the person realizes, now nah, I'm witnessing to the person. If the person doesn't want to hear, the person will not hear. So 
just let the person know you're going to talk about i believe that it's, it's a good way to go about it. let the person know you're going to talk about the bible you want to talk about the love of god i just want to tell you about the love of god how god loves you how god loves all of us so you establish the fact that god loves us in romans chapter 5 verse on in the bible tells us that god demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners christ died for us and then the second point which I was talking about is that we are all sinners and therefore we need salvation. You want to establish that we are all sinners and therefore we need salvation. In Isaiah chapter 53, um, verse 6, the Bible talks about the fact that all of us, I mean, these are all scriptures that we, you can use when you are witnessing. But like I said, this is just a guide. It does not necessarily mean that you should stick by this, but then that is how you want to approach it so that you'll be able to witness the people or so that your witnessing will be effective. So Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6, the Bible says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on us the iniquity. Um, the, Lord ha the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So you want to establish the point that we are all sinners. And if we are all sinners and God is going to judge sin, then we need salvation. Uh, but it's important that you don't point out to the person or you don't make the person feel um, that you are, going to, you are judging the person or you are condemning the person. But you want to point out the fact that we are all sinners. And that is why we needed salvation. And that is why it was important for Jesus Christ to come and die for us. And so the next point you want to touch on is that Christ came to die for us. And Christ came to die for us. And because of sins, because our sins separated us from God, Jesus Christ came here on earth to die for us. And so you want to point out to the person that Jesus Christ had him in mind. Jesus Christ was thinking about him as well. God knows him by name. And God sent Jesus Christ to come and die because of the sins of yourself and that person. Whenever you talk about sin, it's always important to point to yourself first before you point to the other person so that um, the other person does not feel that you came in to condemn um, him or her. Um, and then you can also use John 3.16, which says that for God so loved the world that he gives only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life or have everlasting life. Or you can even talk about Romans chapter 5, verse 6, which says that, um, sorry, let me read that. For when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. And so even though Jesus Christ knew that we we're ungodly, the point that you want to highlight to the person is that even though Jesus Christ um, knew that we we're ungodly, that we we're sinners, yet he died for us. And so the fact that you are a sinner does not cut you off from the love of God. It does not stop God from showing his, his love. But you are the reason why, that because you are a sinner, that is why Jesus Christ came to die on the cross. Because he loved us just as we are. And so he came to die on the cross. That whosoever believes in him will be saved. And so the next point you want to point out is that 
if you believe in Jesus Christ, you will be saved. Well, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you will be saved. In Romans chapter 10, verse 8 and 9, says that if you confess Jesus as Lord and you believe in your heart that God sent him to die for your sins, you will be, you will be saved. So you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. And so it's very important, like I said, that make it your focus that as you witness to the person, you want to bring the person to the point where the person acknowledges the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And so you, you point out that God loves you, God loves you, but we are all sinners and therefore we need salvation. Christ came to die for all of us so that we might be saved. And when you believe in him, you are saved. It's like the song we used to sing in um, Sunday school. Um, gospel hands. God loves me. I have sinned. Jesus died for me. And if I receive him, I'm saved. That, for me, that has always been how I go about my evangelism. God loves me. I'm a sinner. Jesus Christ died for me. If I believe in him, I am saved. And so you use your hands, gospel hands, to share the word of God. So the first hand is God loves me. The second hand is I am a sinner. The third hand is Christ died for me. The fourth hand is if I believe in him. The fifth hand is I am saved. And so you use that as a guide when you are. You can use other verses that I have not shared, but you can use this as a guide in sharing the gospel to other people. And of course, like I said, you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you as well. And so the next point is that you want to, Bring, after you have told the person, if you believe with your heart and confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you will be saved. The next thing you want to do is to lead the person into the salvation prayer or lead the person to pray the, um, the sinner's prayer. Usually, it's, it's, it's better to call it the salvation prayer so that um, when we are in church, when we are talking among Christians, I mean, the popular name that people call this prayer is um, the sinner's prayer. But it's okay to call it the salvation prayer when you are witnessing to, to people so that, again, you are trying not to put the person down, not to make the person feel condemned, but to make the person feel accepted, like we said it is a demonstration of love. There are a lot of people who think that if I'm able to preach and put fear in a lot of people, they will accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. If I tell them about how the, the earth is going to be destroyed one day and people are going to be cast into the lake of fire, how God is going to bring judgment upon the earth, then they will become afraid and they will accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. I believe that those things are true. They are in the Bible. We need to talk about them. But we should not use fear as a weapon to convict people. Fear has never been God's weapon. God has never used fear. Fear is the devil's weapon. And the Bible says that um, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so we don't go about trying to create fear or put fear in people so that they will accept the gospel so a lot of I, people who are called evangelists I, they, most of them preach very fearful messages messages of judgment and condemnation and um but they but then again i i watch other evangelists who are making very great impact who are more skillful in sharing the word of god 
most of them don't carry about a message of condemnation a message of um doom and condemning people and telling them that you you are going to hell you are going to there was there's this man in Ghana who <laughs> um, um he was preaching in a station in at, at um a car station where I used to when I close from work I go through that station and he Whenever he, when he sees somebody pa- passing, he will just point him, call you by your name. You are wearing trousers. You are going to hell. You, this woman that you are going right now in trousers, in the blue jeans, you are going to hell. Then he will talk about police officers. They will come and park their car there. You, these police officers, you arrested me the other time. You are going to hell. So he, he will point everybody who is, going to, who is going to hell at that point. And I, I see the message is not a message like that does not really draw people to Christ. Christ, well, let's look at how Christ witnessed to people. He met Zacchaeus. How did he with Zacchaeus was a sinner. He met the woman in adultery. He met he met so many sinners. How did he how did he approach them? What did he tell them? He showed them grace. He showed them love. Even when he came to witness to when he met Peter and the other um, apostles when they were sh- uh, they were fishing the Bible says, oh, they were looking for fish. So he said, okay, let me use your, uh, let me preach with you. After preaching with the boat, he said, okay, you want fish? Go here, you'll see a lot of fishes. And they went there, they saw a lot of fishes, and they came back. And they said, Lord. At that point, Peter acknowledged that you are Lord. Peter acknowledged the Lordship of Jesus Christ when he saw the grace that Christ extended to him. Christ did not first of all, come to point all the sins that they have been doing. But he extended grace to them. You want fish? Go here, you'll find fish. And when they got all the fishes, they came back and Peter said, You are Lord, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. And then he said, Follow me, from today you'll be a fisher of men. So Peter acknowledged the Lordship of Jesus Christ when he saw the grace that he demonstrated um, towards him. And so, let's not... um, Let's not use fear to draw people to Christ because fear is not, it's not, um, we can talk about the judgment of God where there's a need to do it. We can talk about the fact that people are going to be cast in the lake of, but our objective is not to cause the people to fear so that they will, um, they will accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. Fear is not God's weapon, it's, it's the devil's weapon. And so, when we go out to witness, let's focus on sharing the word of God, sharing the love of God, and extending grace to people. Um, because a lot of people need grace. When you extend the grace of God to people, and of course, telling them the truth is also very important. Um, because here uh, in the part of the world that we live right now, people think that, oh, it's okay to do whatever you want. You come as you are. Um, the, 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 the focus of the whole message is to come as you are, but not to stay as you are. You, you come as you are, but then you have to be transformed by the power of the word as you come to Jesus Christ. And so um, we need to be gracious to people and we need to be truthful to people as well. If somebody is living a life that is a sinful life, um, in as much as because Jesus Christ told the woman, your sins are forgiven. If those who are going to throw the stone at you, they didn't nobody condemn you then i'm also not going to condemn you your sins are forgiven but go and sin no more so in as much as he has, he extended grace to the woman 
You also told the truth to the woman. That go and sin no more. He met another man. He told him after he had healed him, he said, Don't I mean go and don't sin so that a western will not come will not come upon you. And so in as much as we extend grace to people, we have to be truthful to the people as well. In as much as we love those people, we don't hate them, we don't despise them, we don't condemn them, but we love them. We extend grace to them, but we have to tell them the truth as well. So the next, um, the last thing you want to do is to lead the person into um, the prayer of salvation. That is to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior. And it's important to know that a lot of people pray this prayer and they don't even mean it. But then repentance is is important. And repentance means that turning from your evil ways and deciding to follow Jesus Christ. And so that is also very important. You, you, you lead the person to pray the sinner's prayer. And um, the, last thing, um, the last thing is to give the person the assurance of salvation, um, which is very, very important. After you have led the person to pray the sinner's prayer, you assure the person that they are saved based on the word of God, that whosoever believes in Jesus Christ shall be saved. Whosoever calls upon the name of Jesus Christ shall be saved. And so when the person prays the prayer, you give them the assurance of salvation that God has saved you. This is how I also became a Christian, by confessing Jesus Christ as my Lord and personal Savior. Everyone that you know right now who is a Christian had to pray this prayer at one point in his life. And so you are welcome to the family of God. Know that your name is written in the book of life. Know that you are a Christian and you are a child of God now. And begin to walk in that consciousness. And the final thing you want to do is to pray with that person that you just led to Christ. You pray with them. Commit them into the hands of God. Allow um, uh, and that the Holy Spirit will continue to teach, to teach them. And also you recommend a church to them. You recommend a church to them that they don't have to live their Christian life in isolation. First of all, you invite them to a church because we are in a very good church where the word of God is taught. And so when we witness to people, we have to invite them. Remember last Sunday, we said that we are supposed to make disciples. So it's not a one-day encounter where we share the word of God and then we pray for them and then you are blessed, go away. No, we need to um, invite them to church and and. We are in a good church here. Um, unless, of course, wherever you, you went to do the witnessing is so far from where our church is. Um, but now we have online service as well. So if it's too far and you can recommend any Bible-believing church, then that is fine. And this is very, very important. You emphasize the need to be in church so that the person can grow. And so this, uh, I believe, are the few steps that we can have in mind. As we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. The fact that the Holy Spirit is leading you does not mean you, should, you don't have to prepare. But you need to prepare. Have some verses to share with those people. And allow the Holy Spirit also to lead you as you go and witness to people outside the church. And know that they are ready to listen to you. Just like Jesus Christ said, the field is ripe for harvest. And Jesus Christ, actually, Bible says how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about? So Jesus Christ was not sitting at one place. He went about. 
he went about cities towns villages went about he was just going about doing good preaching the gospel healing the sick so he went about and so as we go about our business one we should look out for avenues to witness to people and sometimes one there are days that we consciously want to go about and just tell people the gospel you'll be roaming that is how witnessing is done you'll be roaming wherever people are found when you meet somebody you tell them the word of god you meet another person you tell them the word of god so you are consciously going out that i'm going to witness and there are days like that where you just want to take a walk and you can win you can meet somebody so let's allow witnessing to be part of us like we saw on sunday the people were running for their lives they were still preaching as they are running for our life for their lives and so for us thank god we have an environment now that allows us to share our faith with other people as time goes by, I believe that the conditions are not going to remain the same forever. And so let's make the best out of this opportunity. Because some of the people of old lived in worse circumstances where they have to die because of their confession. But we have not gotten to that point where we have to die because of our faith in Jesus Christ. And so let's, other, other people actually live in places where they have to die because they believe in Jesus Christ. But thank God that at least where we live right now, we can share our faith with other people. No matter how bad it is, it is better than some other conditions. And so let's um, make the best out of this opportunity and share the, um, the word of God with other people. Okay, so we have three minutes. Do we have any question? Is there any question or any contribution?